0: Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, I'm Kevin McDonnell and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. In this week's episode, I want to talk through the five essential things that you need to consider when choosing a joint venture partner. Many people I know are getting into joint venture partnerships and starting to work with other people. And quite often, these partnerships can really, really flourish and become massive, massive successes. But there's also many times where the partnerships don't quite work out as people had hoped. Now, I've done a number of different joint venture partnerships for various different reasons, and I like to joint venture because it it helps me expand and grow my businesses much, much, much much more quickly. But not always do they run smoothly. We all have challenges. They're all things that we differ on and things that don't quite go to plan. So what I thought would be important is to share with you some of the essential things you need to think about and also talk from some of my experiences about what's gone well, what's not gone so well. So essential number one is... You need to start with the end in mind and be very clear as to why you are looking for a joint venture partner. Now, what are you looking for from the joint venture partner? What's the point of looking for the partner in the first place? Is it because you want to move quicker? Is it because you want to move quicker? you want to move your business forward much quicker than you currently are? Or is it because you just want to have support or someone to bounce ideas off? Have you identified areas where you are weak and you want to fill the gaps? So very, very important right at the start is working out what is the real reason, the real root cause, the real reason why you're looking for this joint venture partner. Are you looking for somebody to JV with because you have really identified a need or is it because you lack belief in yourself or lack a plan to move forward? Do you really need a joint venture partner or is it actually a mentor that you need? Do you lack the confidence to do it alone? All of these questions need to be very clear on before you move forward. You see, sometimes people think they need a JV partner and they go into business with somebody when in hindsight, all they needed was to build some knowledge and to gain some, gain some belief in themselves. So are you sure that it's a joint venture partner you need? What type of person? Do they have to be local to you? Or could they live anywhere in the world? What is the business? So not just what are they going to do and what are you going to do, but what's the business? Is it a property buying business? Or is it a um, property education business? Or is it a networking business? is it a letting agency? Is it an estate agency? What is the business that you're looking to bring the JV partner in on? Or maybe it's not even a property related business. Maybe it's another business, multiple streams of income. Maybe you're looking at a different type of business. Are you bringing in the right person? So always start with the end in mind in terms of where you want this business to go. Number two is what will each person's role be? So what are you bringing to the table and what do you expect from your JV partner? Are you bringing the knowledge or are you bringing the time or are you bringing the money or is it something else that you might be bringing to the table? Are you even sure what you're bringing to the table? Do you want a JV partner simply because you're not sure what to do and you're looking for somebody who will do everything for you? A joint venture is where two people or more get together for a mutual benefit, where each person brings something different to the party, you need to be very clear what it is that you're bringing to the table, but also be very clear on what it is that you need your joint venture partner's role to be, what it is that they're going to be bringing to the table. Is your JV partner going to have an active role in the business? So who's dealing with the day-to-day issues? Or Is it going to be you or is it going to be them? Are they just going to be a silent partner who, for instance, lends you some money and then takes a back seat and allows you to do the property sourcing, the property purchasing, the property refurbishing, the property management? And whether that be that you do the management yourself, or you outsource the management to an agency, are you the person that has to manage the agency? So what's each person bringing to the party? If the partnership is split between you bringing the knowledge and the time to find the deals and they bring the funds to purchase the properties, then this is not as critically important as when looking for someone to set up and grow a business together where you are doing more than just holding properties. Example, I have JV Partners who we have set up SPVs with, special purpose vehicles, which is a form of limited company that literally just holds property investing in. With these types of joint venture partnerships, you don't have an office where you and your JV partner comes and sits in every day and you hire staff together and you're growing a business like you would, um, say, a retail store or something. It's literally just an agreement where two people are investing in an asset class together and it happens that a- that asset class is property. However, I also have JV partners who I've set up um, other types of partnerships with. One for instance is a letting agency. Now with our letting agency partnership, that's completely different to the SPV structure. See with the letting agency partnership, we are growing a business. We're looking to take on other landlords properties and we're building a business together. So it has to be very clear at the outset who's going to be doing what. Now i don't want to be managing properties. I'm a professional investor. What I like about investing is finding deals. And as I grew my business, it got to the point that I had so many property deals that giving them to another letting agency to manage would cost me a lot of money. So what I decided to do was to set up my own agency, but I don't have the knowledge, the time, the inclination even to manage a letting agency. So I looked for somebody who had experience. And what I put up was the building. The building the letting agency has run out of belongs to me, meaning this free rent For the agency, my JV partner, he came with experience and he gets to run the business out of the shop where he wanted to be an owner of a company to have the control of the day to day issues within that company. Now he was a stay at home agent who had his own, like well he wasn't stay at home, he had a satellite office in one of those office hire buildings and it was costing him some money every month to hire this office space. But what he brought with him was all of his systems and all of the properties he currently had on his books, which was up to 50 properties. And what I gave him was a high street presence. So I gave him a shop front on the high street. And the deal, and, but he brought his own wage because he already had 50 properties. So the deal was that he was guaranteed a minimum income every month, what he was, which was what he was currently making from his own business, but also 50% of all profit. His business doubled overnight because he had his his current properties, but he also added all of my properties into the mix. We've got a 50-50 partnership. He gets his minimum income every month plus 50% of all profit, but he's got the opportunity to grow that business on the high street. Now, I don't want to be involved in the growing of the business in terms of the day-to-day management, and he wants to be responsible for the day-to-day management, looking after the staff, etc., cetera. So it's a really, really good win-win for both parties. It means I don't have to be in the shop day to day. He gets the chance to grow his business, but it's a completely different type of joint venture to a joint venture where we're buying property together within an SPV. The properties that I purchase with my JV partners are managed within this lettings business. I've got other joint ventures as well. So one of my other joint ventures is in networking events. So I've got two different joint venture partners. One is a JV partner that I run PPN, the Progressive Property Networking event in Sheffield. And another one where I run the Progressive Property Networking event in Blackfriars in London, PPN Blackfriars. And these are monthly networking meetings that happen um, in Sheffield and in Blackfriars every single month. But I don't have the time to be at Sheffield and at Blackfriars every single month. But I do want to have a presence in those areas. Why in Sheffield? Because that's near where my properties are. Why in Blackfriars? Because it's central London and it's access to funding, access to money. A lot of high net worth individuals there. So the joint venture partnership on both of these scenarios is that I paid...
1: If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. Are the
0: franchises. So each of the network conventions, events is a, for instance, a franchise. I paid the franchise fee. My JV partners got 50% share of the franchises for no cost to them whatsoever. But they are responsible for the making sure the events are marketed, doing all of the pre-setup of the room on the nights and running the event. So I don't have to show up every month. However, when I do show up, I can get to speak, get to share about property and build my brand. But more importantly is when I'm not there, I'm still spoken about as the co-owner. So I get the presence of having the networking events, but not the need to necessarily be there every month. Now, had we paid 50-50 each for the franchises, then my JV partner would expect me to be there every month. So it was very clear at the outset that I would pay for the franchise. They had nothing to pay. And the win for them was they got the positioning without the cost. But it was in return for me not necessarily having to show up every month. But it's a clear win-win. And we looked at the, what the, we had the end in mind before we started. And that's what's really, really important in any JV you go into. Is that the JV partner understands your reasons for entering the JV. And you're very clear on their reasons for entering the JV. And there has to be a win-win. Number three make sure you are very clear on the type of person you want to work with and what their role will have. For instance, the JVs I've just discussed, the type of person I wanted for a JV in terms of buying property is a high net worth individual, not necessarily somebody who brings any specific skill. All I'm really looking for is funding. My JV on the letting agency, I was specifically looking for a skill, somebody who's got years of experience in managing properties Somebody who can bring the skill set to that business that I don't want to bring. But not just somebody with years of experience of managing properties. I also needed somebody who wanted to be their own boss, who wanted to have day-to-day responsibility for the business. And the type of person I was looking for for the networking events was not just somebody who wanted to run a networking event or not just somebody who wanted to show up every month. I was looking also for somebody who was very good at admin and very good at marketing. So somebody who would be willing to market the networking event, because we've got to get people in the room every month. So I'm looking for somebody who filled those key criteria as well. So when you pick a JV partner, always before going into any agreement, before handing over any money, before starting down the road of the partnership, make sure you have a very clear shareholders agreement drawn up. And also, a joint venture partnership agreement. And this agreement has to clearly state everything that each of you are bringing to the table. So who is going to be doing what? Make a list of all of the things that you need to agree upfront. So what sort of things should you be looking to agree up front? Well, a lot of times the obvious are the obvious, but what about the other stuff? Things like, what if one person wants to exit the business in the future? So how does that happen? How will that work? How much time does somebody need? So, for instance, if one person wants to exit the business, very clearly in our JV partnership agreements, the other person gets the chance to buy them out first. So, if it's in the SPV companies, within, say, three years, one person wants to exit the business, the other person gets the opportunity to buy them out, but they get to buy them out at 20% below market value of the properties, so long as that's no less than the money that's being put into the business between three and five years, then it's 10% below market value. And after between five and eight years, it's 5%. After eight years, there's no BMV, but they have got the choice to buy out. But also, as well as the below market value option, if somebody, my JV partner came to me today and said, I want to, I want to sell my share of the business. If I'm not in a position to buy it immediately, because my funds might have just gone into a deal yesterday, then I need some time. So the JV partnership also states that if one person wants to sell, the other person's got six months to come up with the funding. Now, the properties get valued, and they'll get valued by three independent estate agents or by RICS Valuations, the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyor's Valuations. They value the property to give a really current value of those deals. Not just a, one partner saying to the other partner, this is what I value it at, so that's what I want. It's got to be a very clear process of valuing those properties. So, how to exit the business? Another thing that needs to be very clear up front is what if somebody dies or, or somebody becomes critically ill? So what is the process of what happens if one of the partners dies or one of the partners becomes critically ill? So one of the other things that we've got in our, in our companies is that the company pays for life and critical illness cover for any of the directors. This is covered within the company to make sure that if anything happened to somebody, because we may be in good health today, but you never know what's around the corner tomorrow. So we need to have a plan in place to make sure that the business is protected and that our families are protected. So part of the income from the company pays for that policy. Another thing to consider is what does your JV partner want? So do they want the same outcome as you? I.e. do they want to keep the company forever or are they looking at a short-term thing? Do they want to maybe float the company in the future? Do they want to sell the company in the future? So what is their outcome? Don't Chase a JV partnership and be afraid to ask these questions up front. It's very important to get this clear up front. I made a lot of these mistakes when I started out with JV partners is not getting all of this type of thing very, very clear up front of who brings what into the business and who doesn't bring stuff into the business, who who pays for what, who takes care of what. There's lots and lots of stuff that you need to be very clear on up front. What I would say is get your JV partner to write down all of the things that they would like to be included in a JV partner contract. or Brainstorm all of the different ideas, that all of the different things that come to mind, all the what-ifs, all the buts, all the maybes, all the what could go wrongs, all the exit strategies. You make a list, they make a list, compare the two lists, and then tick off each one of the concerns, each one of the queries, each one of the objections, and overcome each one and include it within the contract. You could also post within the Progressive Property Facebook community. So there's an online community with over 24,000 people. Post in the community. Ask for uh, anyone who's done joint ventures before and what sort of things need to be considered within that joint venture partnership. What sort of things have gone wrong? What sort of things went well? And try and include as much of that as possible into your agreement. If you are doing a joint venture with property... You need to be very clear and also aware of the PS 13.3 regulations. So, there is specific regulations called PS 13.3, which you can find on Google, which will show all about the type of people that you're allowed to joint venture with. See, you are only allowed to market for a joint venture partner for a property deal, and a joint venture being where you share risk and reward. So not just the interest. So you can give a a money loan or take a money loan and that's not affected by PS 13.3. But if you are doing a joint venture where you are sharing risk and reward on a property deal, then you need to make sure that an investor is sophisticated. Now, a sophisticated investor is somebody the, the detail is all within PS thirteen three. I'd I'd recommend you look it up on Google and have a read. But the in the overall specifics is to qualify as a sophisticated investor, the person that you're joint venturing with needs to be a high net worth individual. So have over a hundred grand a year of income, have over two hundred and fifty thousand pounds of net assets, not including their own home. So either of those are have invested in two unregulated investments in the last 12 months. So if they've done any one of those three things, they'd qualify as a sophisticated investor. But you need to be able to prove that. You need to see evidence of that. And I would always recommend not doing a joint venture with somebody unless you have demonstrated and proven that. That's PS 13.3. Number four. Don't pick someone who is just like you. This is one of the biggest mistakes I see people making when choosing a JV partner. You are not looking for a best mate to go out with. You are looking for a business partner who brings a different dynamic, a different skill set to the business. I would always advise that both you and your prospective JV partner to do a wealth dynamics test. To identify the type of person you are, wealth dynamics will determine if you are, for instance, a mechanic, or a star, or a lord, or a supporter, a deal maker, an accumulator, etc. They're all different profile types. So, just as an example, um, a star is somebody who's going to be out there talking about the business, promoting the business, but they're not necessarily that good, maybe at. Um, the day-to-day admin or deal analysis or deal securing. So you might need a deal maker type person in your business who will secure the deals, negotiate the deals. A mechanic, a mechanic is somebody who they, they always like to be fixing things. And that's brilliant to have a mechanic in your business when you've got problems because they'll dig in there and they'll get the problem fixed. But one of the issues is what a mechanic does is because they always like fixing things, quite often they'll be looking for faults that aren't there. They'll be trying to find problems that they can fix that don't actually exist. So there's different types of profiles of people. And if you are a mechanic, the last thing that you want in a JV partner is to also be a mechanic. You want to have somebody that's different. Now, one of the great reasons why progressive property have become so successful, so big is because... Rob Moore and Mark Homer are different wealth profiles. They're they're, they're separate sides of the wealth dynamic profile. Rob Moore is a star. He's out there. He's talking about property. He's talking about business. He's promoting the brand. He is a brand in himself. While Mark Homer, he's more of the deal analyzer. He's, He's more of a lord. So he... He controls the property business, he controls the purchasing, the, the analysis of the deals, what they buy, what they don't buy. They're completely different characters. And if you met them, I'm sure they don't mind me saying, but Rob and Mark will probably both tell you that they own over 750, 800 properties now between themselves, their JV partners. And, but they'll say that they would never own that many properties if they hadn't joined ventures together. Because, yeah, they'd, have, they'd have own property, but they'd never have scaled the business to the heights they have because they bring a different dynamic to the business. They bring different skill sets to the business. And that's one of the reasons why I like to join venture so often with different people in different businesses, because not the same person in different businesses, because you're looking for a different dynamic, a different type of person that brings a different skill set. So don't pick a person that's like you. Don't go into a joint venture with somebody who is your mate or your friend or your somebody who you'd like to have a drink with down the pub on a Saturday night. It may not be the best person for your business. A business has got to have a business decision. Pick the person that's right to grow the business. Make sure that it is still, still somebody that you do get on with, somebody that you can work with, but they don't need to be your best friend. Number five, don't rush into picking a joint venture partner. A joint venture could be just for one property deal or it could be a long-term relationship. If it's just for one property deal, for instance, where you're going to buy, refurbish and then refu- re- and then sell on a property but not keep it, then it's not that m- as important to make sure you pick the right JV partnership because you're not building a long-term relationship with this person. It's just an agreement on one property deal for a short period of time. However, if it's a long term relationship, such as setting up a limited company or a limited liability partnership together, where you're going to grow a business over a number of years, then do not rush into it and be very sure that the person you are going to work with will add value to your business and also has similar values and goals to you. If it is a lifetime commitment, you need to take your time in making the decision. It's not a race. It's a journey. Watch them from a distance. Test them with some jobs before choosing them. You don't even need to let them know that you're watching them. So you could have somebody in mind right now and test them out. Get them a few jobs to do and give them a few books to read and see if they read them and come back to you with looking for more information and ask them to look for some property deals in an area. Uh, Do some little tests with them. Invite them to come to some networking events with you and see if they show up. Or any of the things that you can think of. Make a list of all the things that you want from a JV partner. And then test the person out by giving them some of those things to do. And see if they do them. Do them quickly. Do them well. Or do them at all. Because wouldn't it be great if you tested all of these things out before ever entering into a partnership and finding out afterwards that they're not doing what you had hoped they would do, or they're not fulfilling the role that you would hope that they were fulfil. So always test them out beforehand. I've entered into joint venture partnerships that didn't work out as I had hoped. One of my first ever joint venture partnerships was with somebody I bought a property with, and I didn't really look into the person, find out enough about them. Now, I made a lot of mistakes when I started out in property, and this was one of those mistakes. And we set up a property together, and we opened up a, a bank account, a joint bank account. Now we didn't buy the property within a limited company; we bought it within our own name as tenants in common. And in this joint venture, the first, the rental income started coming in. And after six months of rental income coming in, he took all the money from the bank account. He didn't even tell me. I rang him up when I noticed the money was gone. And he said, "Oh yes, yeah, sorry, I meant to tell you. Um, I've had to take the first Month six months money because I've got into a little bit of trouble, but you can have the next six months. About five or six months later, all the money disappeared again. This time he rang me up and he said, Kevin, I've just let you know I've had to take the money again. Problem is, um, I didn't tell you. I've got a lot of credit card debt. I've got only one other property as a buy to let on my own home and I'm about to lose them. They're about to be repossessed and I needed the money quickly to try and." Push back on the repossession. Get some of my arrears cleared. I'm gonna need to sell the house. Can you buy my half? To which I said, Yes, okay. Now he wanted five thousand pounds to buy him out, which was more than the equity. There wasn't ten grand equity in the property, but he was basing it on a future price instead of a current price. But I had to try and buy him out because I was worried about my credit file. So I agreed to give him the five grand. I just wanted rid of. I was a motivated buyer. I just wanted rid of him, and. About two days before completion of the purchase, of of exchanging well before the purchase, he rang me up saying, Kevin, I need the five grand urgently. I can't wait two more days. The solicitors aren't ready. Could you pass the money over and then we'll get the contract done the next couple of days? And I naively, starting out in property, said yes, no problem because I wanted to help him out. And I passed the money across to him. And then he never signed the contract. And this was over 10 years ago now. And I've ran the property for the last 10 years I've took the income from the property, but he's never signed that contract. So on the title deed, he's still a 50% owner. So I made a huge mistake there, but it's a mistake that I've made that you can learn from to not do again. And all of these mistakes, I made a lot of mistakes in property, but I made them before I ever got educated. And people always think that education is expensive and, you know, oh, the cost of a training course. But you know what? I, I lost way more money from property before I ever did training than I've ever lost since I've done training what training actually does it doesn't just make you money it stops you making mistakes and the trainings that i've done uh, over the last few years it's not just made me a lot of money in property it's stopped me from making a lot of mistakes had i known some of the stuff that i've learned through training i wouldn't have lost as much money and i wouldn't have made as many mistakes when i started out one of the second joint ventures i did I, I did a joint venture with a guy where he put money into the business we set up a limited company together and it, the, the deal was that it would be his money in exchange for my time. So I would find the properties, manage the refurbs, take care of everything and manage the lettings. And then he would get his money back out of that business at the point oh, from refinances and rental income. And I would manage the properties for free until he had got his money back out. And that was fine for, for a couple of years. And then he, he started messaging me saying he, he had money left in the business and he needed to get it out urgently and how quickly could he, could he get all of his money back out. So I agreed to put money into the business so that he could get his money back out of the business. Now at the point where I put money into the business, that should be the point where I would then get to charge a lettings fee because I'm ex- I, he, he expected me to manage the properties for nothing put my time, effort, pay staff, by the way, because I've got to pay staff to do this, to manage those properties for nothing, pay all the staff to run that business for nothing. But no appreciation for, say, for instance, the time, the cost, all of this stuff. When I was doing refurbishments of buildings, we used to be, my, my pregnant wife driving around the country because she was involved in the business and collecting tiles and all these trying, things, trying to keep the cost down. I even put builders up in one of our rooms in a property and didn't charge the company, just took a hit personally on it. But all of this was forgotten and no appreciation, no thanks, nothing for these things because I hadn't looked at the values, the values that I had and the values that he had. I was trying to do as much as possible to go over and above what a JV partnership should, should do and give as much value as possible while he was just interested in the money. So. He got his, his his income back out. I ended up putting my money into the company. So the original JV started off with his money from my time and experience where there'd be no management fee. And it's gone full circle to he's got no money in the company, I've got my money in the company and he still expects no management fee. Now his plan was to leave a couple of thousand pounds in the business so there'd be no management fee. But in reality, that's just not, not fair, not right because... I've got to pay staff, I've got to take care of the business and in hindsight, the mistake I probably made was to agree to, to allow him to get his money out by me putting some of mine in but this is something that wasn't clear at the outset. So make sure that you, if you do an agreement with somebody, stick to your guns, don't go back on the agreement, don't um give, do give extra but don't, if the agreement was give extra in terms of you know your time your knowledge all this stuff that you said you'd bring to the table but if the agreement was their money for your time don't then put your money in too because by putting your money into, in my scenario the agreement no longer was what it originally was and there was no appreciation for that so be very clear of the values not just about making money not just about the right knowledge that that person's bringing to the table not just about the skill set that they're bringing to the table but is your values aligned? Have you got the same long-term goal? Have you got the same end in mind? So there are a few things on joint ventures and how to find the right joint venture partner, what to think about when looking for a joint venture partner. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Remember, the podcast is on iTunes and Stitcher. If you haven't already subscribed, make sure you subscribe. It's out every Tuesday from 7.30am in the morning. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin MacDonald. You've been awesome.